Well, good morning. It's a blessing to be with you here all this morning. Um, now I want to say, I think that now me and Yvette and our son Noah are basically Ontarians. I'm not sure if that's how you say it, but I think, I think that's about right now. You know, we have, uh, we have our Ontario plates, we have our OHIP cards, we now have a house in Simcoe. So, I mean, that's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing journey to be here. And I was also thinking Noah was born in Simcoe. So, I mean, he's kind of like a, a Norfolkian. I'm not sure if that's how you say it or <laughs> if that's like a proper name or how that actually works. But um, the only thing I think that's a little Alberta in me and Yvette is the hockey team we cheer for. But I mean, they're not doing very good this year. So we might convert. Um, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I want to say um, we're so thankful for the generosity, um, for everyone who helped us move in, people who gave us gifts, people who gave us food. Um, it's been such a blessing, and I don't think I can give a proper thank you. All I can do is hope to serve you well and to be a blessing to you, but it's, it's been such a blessing to be here. Uh, the morning of the title of this sermon is Peace in the Midst, and if you've been kind of following where I've been going, I've been talking about peace the last two times I talked, and I actually didn't do this sermon on purpose. It just, this is how it happened, and so... Um, but we're going to be talking about what does it mean to have inner peace, because we talked about having peace with enemies peace with each other. Also, what does it mean uh, to be at peace with God? But this morning, I'm going to talk about peace within ourselves. I'm sure you've heard the common question, how are you doing? You know, we, we see an old friend or we see someone at church and we say, how are you doing? And usually the person responds, you know, I'm doing well, I'm doing okay, I'm doing good. Those are usually like the three common responses. And I think if we're honest, as, as Canadians, we tend to be polite. That's just how we are. But we don't tend to be vulnerable or usually as honest as maybe we should be. And um, usually I know, even if I'm a complete mess inside, I'll say, I'm doing okay or I'm doing good. That's, that's just how I operate. And I think sometimes we can even do this with God. I'm not sure if you've ever had these times where like you're praying and you're struggling with something and you just kind of, you know, like you say the prayers that you've always been taught and you just you kind of go through them. And all the while we kind of ignore the inner turmoil inside. Maybe you've had sleepless nights, maybe an anxious mind, a troubled heart. Maybe you know someone who's been in hospital in their last days, maybe hours, minutes of life. Maybe you've gone through a divorce or through a betrayal or through a loss of friend and you had anxiety or you had a son or daughter who was addicted to something that was destroying them. Perhaps you owned a business and your business was going bankrupt and you were wondering about where the money would come from. Or maybe you're just struggling with getting groceries. We know that more people are struggling with food insecurity today. Or maybe you have mental struggle, maybe it's anxiety, depression, and you're not even sure why you're anxious or depressed. And I think every one of us at some time in our life, if not currently, face inner turmoil. We face conflict. We lack peace. Today, I was looking at, sorry, not today, but this week, I was looking at stats in Canada, and mental health issues are significantly on the rise. This is in all areas of society. We're struggling as a people. We don't often have peace. And often when we're in these battles, whether it's with addictions or, you know, we see someone else in our family struggling or there's death or something going on, we often want like this quick resolution, like, Lord, why don't you do something? I've prayed that prayer like over a hundred times in my life. And I struggle, Lord, why don't you do something? Lord, why don't you come and just fix it? Because I'm sick of dealing with this problem. But let me suggest that this is often not how God works. 
so often we desire that God remove us from the situation so that we don't have this turmoil, we don't have this lack of peace. We want God to come down and rescue us and maybe just kind of like just plop us right out of the situation. And more often than not, this is not how God works. Can God do this? Of course, God can come directly. He can fix the situation. He can just change it right in a moment. But I think this actually kind of goes against how God works. What is the story of Christmas? It's a story of God who steps into our human circumstance. It's a story of a God who becomes one of us, who becomes human. He enters our broken state. He enters our fallen heart, our fallen world. And he desires to restore in the midst of rather than just a rescue from. And I think it's in this kind of this interaction with God where we allow him into us that we begin to discover peace. This morning, we're going to be spending some time looking at the life of Mary. So if you have a Bible or on your phone, uh, turn to Luke 1, 26 to 38. Again, Luke 1, 26 um, to 38. And we're just going to be looking at the life of Mary and peace for her. So let's pray. Lord, you know that there's a lot here probably, Lord, facing struggles, whether it's with addictions, mental health. Maybe, Lord, it's people that are close to them, Lord, that they long for. They hope we'll have a better day, Lord. Lord, I pray for your peace in the midst of the circumstances. I pray that we would hear you, Jesus, speak to us, that we open our hearts to you, Lord, we thank you that you are faithful, Lord, even in our struggles, even in our doubts. You are faithful, you are present, and you are with us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, again, we're going to be reading from Luke 1, 26 to 28 here. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came and said to her, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be, since I've not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her, who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Amen. God desires to give us peace in the midst of our situation. But are we willing to be present in the midst of our situation? 
Are we willing to be present? Or do we want to ignore the uncomfortable reality of what we're dealing with? My first point this morning is that peace comes when we can be present in our situation, when we can be present in our situation. Here in this passage, Mary, from what we understand, is probably anywhere from 12 to 14. She's really young. Um, this is just how the times were. Times were different. They got married a lot younger. Having children at a young age is a lot more successful and was, not, was a lot less dangerous. Whereas today, because of modern healthcare, we can have children a lot younger, or sorry, a lot older, and it's a lot safer. But at that time, Having birth was actually very dangerous. There's a high chance that the female would die. And there's a high chance that the baby might die as well. It was not something that was, uh, how, how should we say, clean and kind of um, safe. It was, it was a very harrowing thing to give birth in the ancient world. And can you imagine Mary hearing this news? I cannot imagine as like a 12 or 13-year-old, I'm not a female, but I can't even imagine as a 12, 13-year-old male hearing about something like that back in that world. You know, granted, people in the ancient world grew up a lot faster. They had a lot more struggles, a lot more kind of um, growing up to do quickly. But I think Mary probably was really overwhelmed by the statement. In verse 20, it says, The angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. I love Mary's response here. Like, I feel like it's really real. She's not like, oh, wow. It says she was deeply troubled. She's like, okay, what's going on here? Mary's not like, oh, there's this angel. It's more like, why is there an angel coming to greet me? And I think this is probably an honest response. Like sometimes we kind of read this over, but like angels don't show up to people a lot in scripture. If you're an Israelite, you probably didn't experience having an angel come to you. And Mary knows that this is out of the ordinary. Angels in scripture come with a purpose. Angels don't come to talk to people. It's like, oh, the angel's having a bad day, so I'm going to go talk to someone. And you know, like, oh, I just need to like get something off my chest here. It's like, no, angels come from God, and they have a message from God to someone, or they're called to do something. And Mary knows this as a Jewish girl. And Mary is deeply troubled by it, and so should be. There was a time I was deeply troubled in my early 20s. I had a friend uh, who had a severe form of cancer, extremely aggressive. And I remember when I got the news and I got the phone call, and I remember just feeling kind of almost overwhelmed. I felt uh, like just this weight, almost just like this big weight was put on my back. And I wasn't even the one having the cancer. I was just a good friend. And Mary was deeply troubled by this. I think this is a good human response. But what do we do with our troubled circumstances? Sometimes the things that cause us conflict and turmoil. Do we try to push it out of our mind? Simply wish it away? I remember I was praying after I heard my friend got cancer. And I like to go for prayer walks. And I was uh, in my early 20s at this time. So I'm just walking down the street. It's probably like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. It's dark, and I remember just praying to God. I can't remember what I was praying to him about. It was, I think I was just praying, you know, like, Lord, would you work in this community, things like that. And I felt like God said to me, like, like stop. And he's like, be honest. Like, share with me your heart. Don't pretend that this other thing isn't going on. And that was, that was like, oh, I guess we have to go here now, God. Like, but that's what God desires to do. He desires to go deep with us, deep into those waters. And I think sometimes there's, there's another thing we do sometimes when we go through conflict or through stress. 
We can either avoid it, like I talked about, sweep it under the rug, don't want anyone to see, out of sight, out of mind. Or there's the other option. We allow it to dominate us. Whatever's going on, that becomes our identity. That becomes the very thing that defines us, and our whole world is kind of shaped by that. And both these reactions are very human. They're understandable. But the thing is, I think we discover God's peace when we turn to him and accept the reality of our situation. It doesn't mean that we're okay with what's going on. It doesn't mean that you know, everything's good, but we say, this is what's going on, Lord, and we're honest with him. It's interesting. How does Mary respond at the end of this conversation with the angel? In verse 38, she says, May it happen to me as you have said. Mary here is in a crazy situation. I'm not even sure if Mary even understood what was all going on. She's been told that she'll give birth to a son, that he'll come from, you know, the line of David. He'll be the Messiah. He'll reign forever. Mary's probably kind of struggling with that. And that she'll have a virgin birth, something that has never happened in the life of Israel. But Mary, at the end of this conversation, chooses to accept what's going on. I'm sure she probably had quite a few more questions for the angel as exactly what that meant. But she chose to accept the situation for what it was. Second point I want to draw out from this passage is that the peace of God, it's not circumstantial. The peace of God is not circumstantial. I think sometimes when people are not at peace, let's be honest, sometimes it's because we've done something really stupid. You know, like, I can think of many stupid things I've done that have made my life not be at peace. You know, like, I remember one time I got into an accident, and it was my fault with my car, and it's like, oh, man, this is going to cause me some pain. And it's true. Sometimes we do things that aren't wise, and, you know, like, it messes up our life or creates difficulties. But if we're honest, sometimes when we go through difficulties, it's because we did nothing wrong. Sometimes we were actually doing something good, and because we're doing something good, something bad has happened to us because we put ourselves in the way of someone or we tried to help out, and all of a sudden we're caught in the crossfire. It's actually kind of interesting. Mary's life is actually thrown into turmoil because she's following God. It's not because she's following God that things are going to be easy. Actually, life is going to get more difficult. And sometimes in the Christian walk, we can portray Following Jesus is kind of like, you know, if you follow Jesus, everything's going to go good or everything is going to just be peaceful. There's not going to be any struggles. But I would actually say, like, Jesus actually says the opposite. If you follow me, it's going to be hard. There are things that are going to be difficult. I think it's easy to forget Mary at the point of this passage. Mary is a young teenage girl betrothed to Joseph to Mary. And so when the angel says, guess what, you're going to get pregnant, but she's, she's a virgin. To get pregnant before marrying Joseph could almost be a death sentence. It's very common that Joseph could have disowned her. Obviously, we know the full story that he doesn't, but she doesn't know at this point. She could very well be disowned, and if she's disowned, she could be stoned to death. Mary is in a vulnerable position because she is following God. If you're a female at this time, your primary function was to be a mother, to bear children. And this jeopardized her whole future. She could face possible isolation and persecution. And I think maybe this is why the angel says in verse 30, don't be afraid. 
because he sees her reaction, but possibly because he knows what's going to go on in her mind, especially when she considers the possible outcomes. I mean, if Mary's actually thinking clearly, fear should be her response. I mean, like, you're in a very vulnerable position if you're a pregnant young girl in the Jewish culture and you're not married. I'm not sure about you, but life throws us curveballs, things that we don't expect. I remember 10 years ago when I was pastoring, I was going through a time of anxiety and stress, and I had two close friends die in a matter of three months. Uh, one, was very, one was the one friend with cancer, and then another friend who had a sudden heart attack. And I remember at that time I was in a relationship with a young woman. I was going through the loss of my two friends and the difficulties of pastoring. And I was praying, like, God, lead me. God, lead me. And I would feel God's peace. But everything was falling apart in my life at that time. I was like, God, this doesn't make any sense. I'm feeling your peace, but everything is falling apart. I thought if I feel your peace, everything should just come together. Everything should just work. And the fact is, eventually I ended up resigning from that church and And it was just a difficult leaving. But the fact is, God was in that with me. He wasn't saying by giving me his peace that everything is going to go perfectly or that it's all going to work out. We can fall into this trap thinking if we follow God, you know, we're going to often just get blessed. We've often tied the blessing of God to what's circumstantially going around us. But some of you know, everything can change in a moment. I remember in a moment, my friend who had that sudden heart attack out of nowhere He was climbing up some stairs and he had a sudden heart attack. Everything changed. In a moment, we can lose someone to a car crash. My brother-in-law, he almost died. I remember when I was 15 and we were at Christmas and it was was Christmas Eve and he was driving because he had to go to work and he got hit at an intersection and he almost died. Life in a moment can change and it can be totally out of our control. I remember coming here. That was a good change in circumstance, but that happened suddenly. I was like, oh my goodness, we're coming to, we're coming to Simcoe. And that like, it just felt like a whirlwind. But our circumstances don't necessarily mean it's God's blessing. And God's peace desires to meet us in the midst of the circumstance. One thing I noted when I was reading the, this passage is that Mary enters into this conversation with an angel. And I'm not sure if this is what the text is trying to say, but I think it's interesting that Mary can ask a question of the angel and he responds to her. We're allowed to question when we're going through difficulty. I think Jesus actually kind of expects questions. If we're going through life and we're dealing with turmoil and we don't ask questions, I think Jesus might be actually wondering, are we being honest? Are we actually dealing with what we're going through? I mean, Mary asks a fair question. How am I supposed to give birth? I am a virgin. I mean, that is like a really fair question. If she's not married, she hasn't been with a man, it's a very fair question to ask, how am I going to give birth? Because there had been no, there had been no virgin births before this. You know, Yahweh in the Old Testament allowed old women to give birth, but it was never spontaneous. It was always through their husband, through their partner. Mary's question is not out of disbelief but truly wondering, how is this possible? This has never happened. I believe we can still have peace and have questions and wonders and doubt, but are we willing to bring those doubts to him? Are we willing to bring those questions to him? Or would we prefer just to kind of have, you know, like a a pseudo-Christianity, kind of just Jesus on the outside, and I just, I keep this other stuff to myself. 
I think to enter into peace requires that we trust him. Peace comes when we trust him. I appreciate Mary's uh, response to the mind-blowing message from the angel in verse 38a. She says, see, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. It's this like humble response to this amazing message. I'm fairly sure, even though the text doesn't say this, that she's probably pretty overwhelmed at this moment. I mean, you think this 12, 13-year-old girl is told that you're going to give birth to the Messiah who's going to change the whole world, and she's this humble response. See, I am the Lord's servant. There is this trust and obedience to this word servant. Mary uses this word we don't like to use. I don't like to say I'm a servant. I don't like to be willing to serve others. It implies that, you know, I put myself lower than someone else, that I'm willing to serve them, that I'm willing to listen to them. This is exactly the opposite of our culture, which is all about the exaltation of the individual. It's all about what we desire, what we want, what we want to buy. But Mary recognizes that she's the Lord's servant, that she's not her own master of her fate. Are we willing to trust God in our circumstances, willing to submit to him in the midst of our mess, in the midst of what we're going through? You know, it's really easy to say, God, I'll follow you and be obedient when things are going well. You know, like it's when things work out, it's like, oh, okay, yes, God's with me and, and I trust you, Jesus. And all of a sudden something hits us and we're like, uh, I don't know if I do trust you. I think peace comes when we're willing to lay down what's going on and trust him. I phoned my wife this week because as I was preparing the sermon, I was trying to remember what actually went on before we came to Evergreen. And before coming to Evergreen, I was struggling with trusting God. Uh, My wife can tell you that this went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it was actually really frustrating. So like, I'd be praying, Lord, do you want me to pastor? Lord, what do you want me to do? And, uh, and I would go pursuing other jobs. I'd be looking at going to different fields. And every time, I wouldn't feel peace about going into another field. And then what would happen is there'd be like random pastors that I would somehow end up talking to, and they would just like reaffirm my call to pastoral ministry. And the funny thing is that didn't make me trust God. That made me angry. I was like, God, why are you saying this if this isn't working out? Like, what's going on? But I wasn't willing to rest. I wasn't willing to slow down to just trust in God. And so what happened is I struggled and I struggled and I fought God and I fought God and obviously God won, but it was, it was a struggle going back and forth because I always be like, ah, oh, I need to do something else. I need to provide for my family. I need to get into a better career. But I just, the pastoring thing just kept on coming back and I was confused and I wasn't at peace because I wasn't trusting him. And let me say, I'm not saying that you shouldn't try to think about your future. You shouldn't try to make, you know, different plans or or think about things. But when people are reaffirming you and what God has called you to do, whether that's elders, leadership, pastors, then pray about it. Hold on to that. And let me say this, um, that we're called to be in relationship with others. I wouldn't have been able, I think, to become a pastor if it wasn't to have other believers with me that prayed with me. Whatever you're going through, we need community. We can't do it by ourselves. And so often, it can be hard to trust God when we're by ourselves, but when we're with other believers, we can encourage one another. This 
message was to Mary about the faithfulness of God, what God was going to do for Israel. And Mary had to choose to trust in God, even though the circumstances were going to be difficult, even though that it was going to flip her world upside down. I can imagine Mary being overjoyed and confused and afraid all at the same time of what the Lord will do. 